the button the wrong way. Can you imagine that? Good to see you in the Lord's house today. What a lovely day it is. And I'm glad you're here today. I see some faces this morning that I haven't seen in quite a while. And we welcome you back home. Some of you have been out because of sickness and surgeries and different things like that. And I'm glad that you're healing well enough that you can be back with us. So it's good to see you in the Lord's house today. If you have your uh, Bibles with you, turn to Acts chapter 16 with me. And while you're turning there, let me just mention very quickly to you and remind you about our Super Sunday next Sunday. Evangelist Tim Finlayson will be with us. You may remember Tim. He was with us several years ago when we were still worshiping in the back building. Uh, we actually scheduled him for a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and uh, we had several people couldn't make it on Friday and Saturday, showed up on Sunday, got blessed, and they said, man, I wished I'd have come the whole time. And I thought, well, I wish you had too, but I didn't really say a whole lot about it. So we've got the, you have the opportunity to experience next week uh, a wonderful time of worship and the Word. He is a wonderful Bible preacher teacher, and I know that you'll be blessed by his ministry. He loves to pray in the altars. I, I, he, I have never seen an evangelist who is able to pray people through to victory and to the baptism of the Holy Spirit like this man has. I've had him through the years in different youth camps and things of that nature. He's anointed to preach and to teach and to see results. So I want you to be here next week and hopefully... You've taken your little invitation cards that we distributed last Sunday, and you've been able to distribute them to someone that you would like to bring with you. Now, the whole point of this is to get you out of your comfort zone. It's so much easier just to post it on Facebook, and I appreciate you doing that, those of you who are helping pass the word along. But what I'd really like for you to do is to take those invite cards and go right up to someone and say, I've been praying for you, and I feel led of the Holy Spirit to invite you to come and join me at this Super Sunday event. And if you need me to come pick you up, I'll be glad to do that. And if you would like to sit with me, I'll sit wherever you want to sit. And, uh, and let's just make this a wonderful time of inviting people that, uh, who knows, this could be a, a turning point in their life. And so we invite you to be with us next week and to uh, put this on your calendar. You hear me say pretty frequently that Sunday morning church attendance is a Saturday night decision. It's a Saturday night decision. And so I'm going to suggest to you today that next Sunday's attendance, Sunday morning and Sunday night, is a decision that you'll make this week. And you'll say, I'm going to be there. I wouldn't miss it for the world because I believe that God is going to do a great work in our lives. So, uh, with that, you have been personally invited by your pastor to show up and to be here and be a part of this. I also want to just encourage you one more time. We've been kind of hitting this hard uh, over this summer. You know, we do life together in the spiritual terms and in, spiritual, in the spiritual way of living, uh, but you attend church with people that you may not even know. Uh, I have conversations with people on a regular basis, and I'll say something about so-and-so, and they'll say, who's that? 
and I, when I, I have to explain how you look and where you sit and all that kind of thing because we don't know each other's names. So I'm not, we're not going to go back to kindergarten and start making where everybody wear name uh, tags. But you know, there's nothing wrong with going up to someone and saying, I, I see you every week and I know that you're part of my church family, but very honestly, I don't know your name and introduce yourself to them, find out what their name is, write it down if you need to, and that way you can begin greeting one another by name. We've got a young couple that's been with us now for about the last six weeks. It's Dave and Jenny over here on my left and on your right. They're sitting up underneath in the dark space. Um, but I've been kidding with them. And today I, I went up and I greeted them by name. I said Dave and Jenny, and they said, Yes, that's our name. We'll come back next week. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a prerequisite or not. And, and then we have uh, some others over here, Stan and Joe, I think it is. Do I have that right? And, and they started coming, and I said, I said, well, it's good to have you with us. And they said, well, we'll come uh, as long as you preach the Bible. But if you don't preach the Bible, we're not going to stay. And so they stayed for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, and they were just kidding. They were just funning around with me, but they kept coming, and, and I said, well, so far, I must be doing all right. And they said, well, you're doing okay. We're going to keep on coming back. Just recently, they were on vacation for several weeks, and I missed them, and when they got back, I said, welcome home. I said, I figured that I'd stop preaching the Bible or something like that or offended you, and they said, no said when we vacation we really vacation so they've been gone for a few weeks but uh, the Lord is blessing us and giving us some new families and some new people and uh, you know you have to get out of your comfort zones and go to those new faces and let them know Stephanie Upton sits right over here underneath this pole most weeks you need to go by and introduce yourself to her and there are others I'm sure that I've missed a few I hope you don't get mad and not come back next week, but you wouldn't do that. But let's get to know one another and call each other by name because we are family in the kingdom of God. Okay, Acts chapter 16, I want you to be praying uh, with me that the Lord will help my <clears throat> voice to hold out today. Uh, I don't know if maybe this is a precursor to the changing season, but I usually have problems with my voice. Uh, when the seasons change, but I declare today that the Lord's going to give me a strong voice and help me to be able to speak effectively today. I have been chewing on this passage of Scripture all week, and I'm excited to be able to bring you some insights to a very familiar passage of Scripture that I think that you'll recognize very quickly. But I want us to begin at verse 25 in the 16th chapter of Acts. And I want us to read and then talk about a few things today. And I've titled my message simply this. What praise can do for you? What praise can do for you? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke and saw what the prison door, that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing 
that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice and said, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and he washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all of his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this wonderful worship that we've experienced already in your house today. And Lord, I'm excited about sharing your word today. Lord, the, the, the promise that I stand on every week is, is that your word will never fall void. It will always accomplish everything that you send it forth to do. And so I speak with confidence today, knowing that you have already decided that you're going to bless those who will receive your word and activate it in their lives. So I thank you in advance for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, through the years, we've had a pretty good understanding of these mentalities and attitudes that we as Christians should have. For instance, we learn in Scripture that we all should be thankful and grateful. And I'm glad that, that we can be thankful. It, it is something that we have to develop, but there are times that we just need to say thank you. We need to th say thank you to one another, and we particularly need to say thank you to the Lord for the good things that he has done. I try every morning of my life as I'm sitting out on the deck, as the sun is rising, when the sun gets on that horizon, I love to start the day by saying, Thank you, Lord. You have outdone yourself once again. There's something beautiful and peaceful about it. And I, I, I just feel obligated to say thank you for a beautiful day. And then there is this thing called worship. And we talked about this some last week and the experience that Isaiah had when he saw the Lord. He said he is high and lifted up and his train or his glory filled the temple. What he was talking about was the influence of God that flows out of the temple, the heavenly temple, and into the world. I'm glad that we can worship God for who He is. Our songs today have reminded us that we know who He is. Amen? And, and because we know who He is, we know how He can work in our lives. So worship is giving Him the honor that is due His name, regardless of whether He ever does anything else for us or not. God is God, and He is worthy to be praised. Amen? Uh, so then there's this third aspect of mentality that we should put on, and it is praise. Now, praise is a little different than thanksgiving and worship because praise kind of brings with it this attitude of celebration. I like to celebrate, don't you? 
I, I don't like to live my life down in the dumps and discouraged and frustrated, and I don't know if I'm going to make it or not, and oh my goodness, you know, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, think I'll eat some worms kind of mentality. I like to celebrate the good things of life, and that's really what praise is all about. And so in our passage of Scripture today, we see this thing of praise that is coming forth, but it's coming forth at a time when you would think that this would not be an appropriate time or an advantageous time for praise to come up because it was the midnight hour. It was in a bad time in the lives of Paul and Silas. I don't know about you, but I'm sure that all of us would say today that we've had some bad times in our lives. It may be that some of you are going through some bad times right now. It may be that there are some things that you're dealing with that you would rather weren't there, but they are, and you've discovered that you can't remove them on your own, and so you've got to live life through those circumstances. I want to suggest to you today that while you're living through these circumstances, one of the best ways that you can do that is to cover them with praise. Now, there are three observations I want to share with you very quickly this morning about this passage of Scripture and about what praise can do for you. The first thing I want to share with you is that praise alters our perspective. Praise alters our perspective. Now, I don't know if you're like me or not, but if I'm not careful, if I start thinking in a negative vein, I can get pretty deep deeply depressed pretty quickly. I can get pretty discouraged fairly quickly. And so I have to maintain this spirit of praise. I have to discipline myself to praise the Lord even when we are in difficulty. But isn't it true that when we're experiencing some kind of pain, whether it's physical pain or whether it's emotional pain, that our minds, our brains tend to focus on the pain. If we're not careful, that pain can take over our lives. I remember when I was first diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I, I was curious about it, and I wanted to find out what it was that I might be dealing with. And so I started Googling, you know, all the symptoms and all the medicines and all the, you know, whatever. And what I discovered was is that I got into this vein of thinking so that every time I had some free time, I'm Googling, and if my toe hurt, I'd Google. Does your toe hurt when you have this? And I'd Google, you know, if my elbow was itchy. I'd, does your elbow get itchy when you have this? And, and you guys are all laughing, and I know that you're not laughing at me. I know that the reason that you're laughing is because you do the very same thing. And if we're not careful, we will Google ourselves right into a deep, dark depression. Somebody say amen. And sometimes we just need to avoid Google like the plague because what it just pulls us in. It pulls us into this mentality, and then we become preoccupied with the pain. And when we get preoccupied with the pain, 
then we can't think about anything else. Now, it might not be a physical situation with you. It could be an emotional situation with you. Uh, like I said to you last week, when Isaiah had his worship experience, it was in the day when Uzziah died. He had lost his Uzziah. The one that he had learned to trust and appreciate was gone suddenly out of his life. And it may be that for some of you, you've lost your Uzziah and you're finding yourself at a different phase in your life. I've told you this before, but when we took Jonathan to school to drop him off, my wife became physically ill because of having to leave our son. I'm thinking about how to install a hot tub in the bedroom and she's having an emotional breakdown on the side of the road. And so what I'm saying is, is that if we're not careful, we can get preoccupied with our pain, whether it's physical or whether it's emotion, whatever the case may be. So how do we turn that situation? I would suggest to you today that one of the best ways to do that is that rather than being preoccupied with pain, you need to be preoccupied with praise. You need to start worshiping the Lord. The scripture tells us that in their midnight hour, they were praying and they were singing hymns. Now, for some people, that, that's a reference to a particular style of music, and you would be right. There's a place in Scripture that says that we should be speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and in spiritual songs. Now, a spiritual song is a song that is easy, easy to relate to. It's easy uh, because it springs up out of life. It's something that we can feel in our emotions and in our spirit because it is something that we can relate to. A psalm is basically a song that comes out of the book of Psalms that was written by David and Asaph and other writers. And so they wrote these words and oftentimes they put them to music. It's the only hymnal that they had back in those days. They didn't have a good old Church of God hymnal back in the days of Paul and Silas, but they did have the psalms that they could read and that they could hum and they could sing to that tune. And so they could use that. But then what is a hymn? A hymn basically is a song or a chant that is tied to a theological belief. And so it might have a lyric in it that speaks to a particular theologically based idea. So we don't really know what they were singing in terms of the theology of it, but we know that they were singing a hymn and they were praying unto God. So they focused upon the praise rather than the pain. Let me, let me give you this quote. Praise is a powerful pain killer. I like that. You ought to put that on a stick it note and put it on your uh, sink in, in the bathroom so that every morning when you start feeling the aches and pains of life and the aches and pains of your body and the aches and pains of your emotions that you can go in to brush your teeth and the whole time that you're brushing your teeth, you can say praise is a powerful painkiller. 
it doesn't matter what kind of pain I may be going through, whether it's physical or whether it's emotional or whether it may be touching my spirit, I can say today that I praise the Lord and in the midst of my difficulty, I will let praise be what comes out of my mouth. Some of us just need to change the way that we talk and change where we are focused. So the first thing is that praise alters our perspective. They weren't thinking about the stripes on their back. They weren't talking about the or thinking about the chains on their wrists and on their on their ankles and on their legs. They weren't thinking about necessarily the dungeon that they had been locked up in. They were thinking about God and how good God was, and they were celebrating the good things of God in their life. So let praise alter your perspective. I, I, would, I would challenge you today that the next time, and this week it will happen, probably to everyone, you will have this negative mindset that comes in, and you'll hear yourself saying things that are negative in nature. You, it may be a complaint, or it may be an observation about someone. <laughs> On our way to church today, we, it, it's interesting to me. When I come down Old Bardstown Road and get down to New Bardstown Road, we have to turn left to come into the city. And that, that is like the Kentucky Derby right there. I mean, everybody, they're getting in their gates and they're ready to go. And you got, you've, got, you've got two lanes here. And you got, there was this lady today, young lady. She was following me, followed me all the way from the house just about. And she was on my tail just like this. And I'm watching her in the mirror. And I just, the, the, the closer she got to me, the slower I drive, you know. I, I don't know. I was feeling like, well, I'm coming to church today. If I need to get saved or re-sanctified, I can do that at the house of the Lord today. And she just, she just pushing, pushing, pushing. And so I told Donna before we ever got there, I said, when we get down to the light, you watch. She'll swing around me and she'll get in the left-hand lane. And I said, when that light turns green, buddy, she's going to the races. The problem was that she got behind another car. And so when we turned left, the other car and me were going about the same distance. And this lady's just going back and forth from lane to lane, trying to determine which one of us was going to drive faster than the other so that she could get by. And I'm just laughing, and I'm telling Donna about it. I say it's funny. And Donna said something that is so true. She said, and you just watch. She's all been out of shape. She's all nervous. She's by. I said, she's late for church. I know she is. I said, she's probably just trying to get there. She's on a ministry team or something, and she's late. She's going, and here I am, a pastor of a church, trying to prevent her from getting wherever it is that she's going. And Donna said to me, said, you just watch. When we get up to the light at the gene, she'll be right there next to us. She won't get much further than us, and sure enough, we made all that drive all the way up there, and here this lady was sitting right up there where we were after all of this and all of that and all of this and all of that, and I began to think to myself, and I, and I said this, I said, it, you know, it, all this emotion, all this nerves, whatever, Donna said to me, she said, it reminds me of you when you were younger. <clears throat> and I think that's the reason I could relate to it. But I'm glad to know that I have learned in my old age how to pace myself and how to control those kinds of thoughts and emotions. And what I'm trying to say to you today is, is that don't ever think that you can't control your thoughts. 
Don't ever think that you can't control your words because you can control your thoughts and you can control your words and if you have a mind to, you can control them and bring them in and turn them into praise. So praise alters our perspective. Secondly, praise activates God's power. How many of you have ever heard somebody say, usually it's a preacher, man, God showed up today. God showed off today. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Well, let me just tell you something. God does not have to show up. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. And you've heard me say this before. When I walk in the room and when you walk in the room, we bring the Spirit of God in with us. We don't have to pray and say, Oh, God, will you please come today? No, that is not scriptural. He is already here because He is in us. And when you leave out of this house, He will go with you. Likewise, we think that God only moves in spurts. Sometimes we think that God just does this here and this here and this here. Somebody said it earlier today, God is always on the move. There's never a time that God is not active. And so what I'm trying to say to you today is that we don't have to plead with God and ask God to move on our behalf. He's already moving on our behalf. And this week, as I was sitting outside meditating on this passage of Scripture, it suddenly dawned on me that when we experience some kind of suddenly or an immediate move of, of the Lord, it's not because He just decided to do it. He's been leading up to this moment the whole time. He's been actively doing it in our lives. But what happens is, is that we finally recognize it and realize it and connect to it. But it's not because it just now happened. It's because we just now saw it. And for some of us, we need to understand that God is already moving on our behalf. Now, now, as they begin to praise the Lord and sing these songs and these hymns that express their theology unto the Lord, I, I don't know how it happened. I don't, I don't know why God decided to do the, what He did the way that He did it. But the Bible tells me very clearly that things just begin to shake. That there was an earthquake there. That, that, that the earth started shaking. And, and then their chains started breaking off. And everybody started saying, well, what in the world's going on here? And the, the reality is that God was doing a work and moving in the situation in such a way that it was going to bring freedom to them. And so as they begin to praise the Lord, then God began to release revelation to them so that they could connect with and see what God had planned to do all along. God has a suddenly that will become evident immediately when you begin to praise Him. Look at that. It's on the screen. God has a suddenly that will become evident immediately when you begin to praise Him. And here's the reason that it will become immediately evident. It's not because God just did it. It's because you just now realized that he's been working all along. 
This entire situation was allowed by God. God had a plan. God had a purpose. God had something that he was going to do through the life of Paul and Silas. And God had a work that was going to spring forth in this moment that would bring salvation to a jailer and his entire household. But Paul and Silas had to go through their stuff so that God could release his grace to somebody else. Let me tell you today, God may have you going through some stuff so that he can release his grace through you to someone else. So why in the world would we complain about that? Why in the world would we complain about having to go through something when we know that the end result is that God is going to provide grace not only for us, but grace for someone else so that their lives can be transformed and they can experience the same blessings that we're experiencing because they see that we're not quitters and we're not losers and we're not just dragging through life. No, we are winners because of him. We are overcomers because of Christ Jesus. And when they see us overcoming, then they will realize that there is hope for their situation as well. Aren't you glad for that today? So, you know, I don't know that I'm just wanting God to pour out difficulty on my life. But if my difficulty will produce, produce salvation for someone else, then I'm willing to go through it because, after all, the only reason that I'm living anyway is because of Him. It's because of Him that I live and move and have my existence. It's no longer I that am living, but it is Christ who lives in me. You see, I'm not looking at life uh, in a natural realm. I'm looking at life in an eternal spiritual realm. I'm not going to be here forever. One of these days, uh, I'm going home. And when I get there, I'm going to discover the reward that I have because I gracefully managed life in such a way that others were blessed by God's grace upon me. Can somebody praise the Lord? Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God has a suddenly that will become evident immediately when you begin to praise Him. And then thirdly this morning, praise alleviates prejudice. Now, we hear a lot in the news these days about racism. And I just want to go on record as saying that there is no place for racism in the, in the family of God. In the church, there's no place for it. He came for all of us. There's the old children's song we used to sing, red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in His sight. Listen, it's true. Let me also tell you that CNN and Fox News and Breitbart and MSNBC and all those that I could name off, they only report what they want to report because it fits their agenda. I don't always agree with our president, but I'm going to agree on this point. Fake news. We see it every day. And there's this agenda that's being pushed down our throat that is basically telling us right now 
that the whites are against the blacks and the blacks are against the whites and the Hispanics and the Asians are against everybody else and everybody hates everybody and everybody's eating worms. Well, let me just tell you that real life doesn't always reflect what the news media is saying is going along. Just this week, I noticed that there was a lady broken down on the side of the road, a white lady in a car broken down with a black man standing there helping to fix her car. I saw another man, he was trying to, an older black man who was trying to get his groceries in the car, and I saw a white man come over and help him unload his groceries out of the cart and into the trunk of the car, and when they were finished, they started laughing at each other and laughing with each other and having fun and cutting up and saying thank you, and here's the point that I'm trying to make to you. If we're not careful, we'll let the word can world convince us that we should have white churches and black churches and Asian churches and any other nationality that you want to name but I've come by to tell you today that is not in scripture God gave us the church to express Jesus Christ who died for each and every one of us Say, well, what happened? What, what, where did you get all that? This jailer was not of the same nationality as Paul. He was, he was living in Macedonia in the Roman Empire, and, and they were there to oppose the Jews. And so here we are in this situation, and Paul and Silas are praising the Lord, and all of a sudden the earthquake takes place. Now, they've got stripes on their back. They've got chains on their arms and on their feet, all put there by the Macedonian jailer. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd have been Paul and Silas, I might have been tempted to say, I don't like that guy very much. You know, he has inflicted all this pain upon me physically. He has inflicted all this pain upon me emotionally because... I don't know if I'm going to live or die. They could take me out of here tomorrow and chop my head off and my life be over. I don't know if I like this guy or not. Let me just say to you that there are people who will pass through our lives that we may be tempted to say, I don't like that person very much. And the reason has to do with the way that they've treated us. It's interesting to me that we cannot like people who at one time we loved. But all of a sudden the love is gone. And we don't even like them anymore. And in our private moments, if we're not careful, the devil will tempt us to want to create a place in our heart that is filled with hate for that individual. Listen, the Bible tells us that if we don't love our neighbor, if we don't love our brother, we cannot say that we love God. How can we say that I, that I love God when I've never seen God, but I hate my neighbor who I see every day? That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible teaches. And so if we're not careful, 
We can allow this stuff to build up in our spirits to the point that we no longer like the people that we once loved. And it's all because they brought some kind of hurt or damage to our psyche. And so what I'm trying to say to you is that if we can live our life with praise, it can change the way that we feel about other people. Musicians, come if you will. I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture, it says that when the earthquake came and the chains fell off, that this Macedonian jailer came in, he drew his sword, and he was not about to kill Paul and Silas. He was about to kill himself. Some of us, we'd have said, go ahead. I want to watch. Now, you've been mean to me. You've done things to me that I didn't deserve. But that's not what Paul did. Paul said, hey, hold up. Wait. Don't harm yourself. Don't go there. We're all still here. And the Bible says that he came and he fell down before Paul. And he said, what must I do to be saved? The very one that he had treated so poorly was about to lead him into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And so they said, well, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your entire household will be saved. And he's saved. And then I want you to notice what happens. The Bible says that this Macedonian jailer got water and towels and he began to wash their backs and wash their wounds and treat them with kindness and it came to me that people who hurt you may return to heal you from the pain that they inflicted upon you let me say that again some of you don't like this at all but I want you to look at it closely. People who hurt you may return to heal you from the pain that they inflicted upon you. So then the question becomes, will you receive it? Will you receive the healing? I see on Facebook all the time these self-help writers that say something like this. Well, if you've got somebody in your life that's not good for you, Get rid of them. Put them out of your life. You don't need that kind of drama. You don't need that kind of thing in your life. Well, then let me just simply ask you, how then will you represent Christ to them when their mind is finally open to it? Instead of saying, I have no use for you whatsoever. I, I have no room for you in my life. Why don't you instead go to the Father and say, Lord, help me to love them as Jesus loved them. Help me to love them like you did. Help me to be willing to sacrifice if I must in order that their eyes might be open to the grace of Jesus Christ. And like this Macedonian jailer who did all this pain and inflicted all this hurt upon Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And then he began to heal the hurt of 
the one that he had inflicted it. Stand with me if you will. One of the things that we say around here is that we are going to teach ourselves to expect the best at all times. We're going to teach ourselves to expand our faith in every season of our life. Explore our faith. And then we're going to expand the kingdom of God, which means that we're going to expand our influence. Can I just tell you that when we first started this thing nine years ago, we were expecting the best. Say, oh God, we need you. We're expecting the best here. We're putting in the effort because we're expecting the best. There have been times during that journey that we had to explore where we were. God, why are we here in this season? What's going on here? Stretch our faith. Help us to see something that we're not seeing. And in every circumstance, the Lord has answered that prayer. But I've been telling you for the last few weeks, I believe that we're getting ready to enter in and already have entered into a season where God wants us to expand our influence to our families and to our neighbors and to our community. And you cannot do that by just simply showing up at church, singing a few songs, and sitting in a chair. You're going to have to stretch yourself into an area of belief that you've never lived in before. Just like Paul, when the jailer came and said, let me clean up the hurt and the wounds that I inflicted on you. How was he able to do that? By the grace of God. Listen, there are some people in your lives that have hurt you deeply. And you can either feel negatively about them and curse them if you're in your mind if you want to. You can hope that bad things happen to them so that you can feel what I have felt. Let me tell you, God has not called us to that. God called us to be prayerful and to praise and to sing and to glorify His work in our lives so that when the moment is right and the time is right that we will have the opportunity to spread the love of Jesus Christ to those who have been hurtful to us. Amen. Give Him praise in the house today. Hallelujah. 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 Prayer team, come down and prepare yourselves to pray with those who may come in just a moment. Here's how I feel led to ask you to come this morning. If there's somebody in your life that has treated you negatively or badly, they have hurt you in some way, and you have held that hurt all the way up to this moment, you're ready to release it. I want you to do two things today. First of all, I want you to come up here and let these people pray with you. They're trained intercessors. They know how to pray and declare the Word of God over you. The Bible says they prayed and they sang. So I want you to come up and let them pray with you. Lord, I need hurt, healing for this hurt. And when they have concluded praying for you, here's what I want you to just raise your hands. 
and start praising the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. I'm celebrating the fact that this is going to be remedied by your hand in my life. It's going to take place because of your hand upon my life. So are you ready to pray? And are you ready to praise? As they begin to sing this song this morning, I want you to work your way down to the front and let these people pray with you this morning. Come on. Come on and let's pray. Will you come and let us pray with you today? You are here, moving in Man. our